It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Okay, welcome in, everybody. Great to have you with us uh, here. It is the uh, PJ Show, and thanks for being on uh, as we are uh, with you here uh, on our video platforms live. We are with you on our uh, usual uh, Friday afternoon spot, but just a little later. Uh, if you're with us, we're in the 6 o'clock hour on radio, and it is the Patrick Johnson Show. Big show today. We're going to talk to Andrew Bays. Uh, Basie, the first team All-American uh, at ECU during his career. So we're going to get Andrew here in about uh, 15 minutes and talk some ball with uh, him, talk Pirates and uh, uh, and uh, Michigan. He'll play a little Hold My Beer, as, were Phillip, as will Philip the ref Pilkington, who's producing the show today. Do you have a Hold My Beer ref? Oh, I definitely have one. And now I think you have one that I've already messed up and we're already two seconds into the show and I already uh... – hit a button that killed our open. So I apologize for that for all our listeners and to you, Patrick. That was on me. So uh, I was wondering what you're doing over there. Yeah, and, uh, I, I hit a tab that I shouldn't have hit. And, uh, yeah, that's what happens in live radio, though. Sometimes we just we flub up. And, yeah, I, I did it Well, there. Uh, as I told someone last weekend uh, on a broadcast, we're not uh, launching rockets nor, uh, nor uh, saving a life or curing cancer here. So let's... Let's press ahead, as they say. I've got a great hold my beer. Uh, we're going to get a pirate report. Here's some comments from Coach Houston coming up in a little bit uh, and uh, much, much more. Before we uh, get into that pirate report, though, want to remind you that we have the best coverage of uh, ECU anywhere on the radio. And it starts up tomorrow at 9 a.m. right here on 94.3 The Game and on the IBX Media app streaming. IBX Media app. Available for download, free, no pre-roll ads, Apple Play and uh, or Google Play and the Apple Store. So uh, make sure to head there and do that. Not only can you get uh, live stream, but you can also get the podcast of all of our great uh, programming uh, as well. So we'll be on tomorrow with uh, Pirate Game Day Countdown uh, for Bush Light, 9 a.m. Myself, Joe Sampson, and Terrence Copper. Looking forward to those guys being on. Tomorrow from the studio. Uh, let me see. Anything else? We got Rose football tonight. We'll uh, lead you into that here in just a little bit. Uh, also, trying if time allows to run through the uh, local slate, at least of the Pitt County teams, maybe a little more. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's uh, jump right in uh, to ECU Michigan coverage here with our pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Okay, uh, ECU taking on number two Michigan tomorrow from the Big House in Ann Arbor. 12 noon kick on uh, the cock, Peacock. Uh, and uh, that is not going to be on local television, despite what you may have heard. Uh, let's see, Coach Houston, uh, this was uh, Wednesday, and he talked about the uh, two first uh, days of the week of practice had been great. Hit it. Really pleased with the way the kids practiced the last two days, especially today. I mean, we had a great Tuesday practice. Obviously, we had some adversity today with some of the uh, weather coming in here, so we had 
you know, switched schedules up and, you know, didn't, uh, things were a lot out of order, but I thought the kids handled it with great maturity um, and really had a very energetic practice. Uh, it, you know, really, I feel like we've got two solid days in, uh, you know, which game week, you know, you want to be trending in the right direction. So, you know, really pleased with the last two days, um, you know, as we head into Thursday. And the good news, as the uh, Pirates did head into Thursday, uh, it was really a nice afternoon, and ECU was able to uh, kind of get uh, those finer points put on the game plan on Thursday uh, in very ideal conditions for, uh, at the time, late August. All right, uh, Coach Houston on leaning on the experienced guys to be vocal with this team. The experienced guys that we do have that uh, you know have been – you know, players on the field the last couple of years will be the guys that will be, you know, the most comfortable going into Saturday. You know, they're, they're not going to be phased by, you know, anything because they played a lot of big ball games. So, you know, Jeremy Lewis, uh, Rajay Harris, um, you know, Josiah Hatfield, uh, Elijah Morris, you know, Tay, Tay Johnson, um, you know, a lot of those guys, Jack Powers, you know, Julius Wood, you know, all, the, all those guys that everybody knows their name, they're going to be, they're going to be the guys that, uh, you know, be, you know, very vocal pregame and very vocal on the field Saturday. Uh, Coach Houston talking about the pirate depth up front on the defensive line. That's an experienced veteran bunch up front, uh, and they're facing a, a very good bunch up front on the other side of the ball. So, uh, you know, it's, I'm glad we got the numbers we have because we're going to need it. Um, but it'll be, a, it'll be a great challenge and a great opportunity for them to evaluate themselves. Uh, more from Coach Houston. Uh, also says he is uh, glad it's a noon kick on Saturday. You know, the 8 o'clock kickoffs or the 7 o'clock kickoffs, those are, those are challenging on you mentally because you sit around all day waiting for, wait for it to get there. So, you know, I do like some of the thing about, you know, get up and, and go play. Uh, now the thing, we, we talked about it uh, on Tuesday, you know, the thing you got to do, though, is you got to speed up your process as far as getting yourself mentally ready to play. You know, they really – and that will be my big focus after practice tomorrow and Friday morning is, you know, them getting mentally prepared for the game. Uh, they, they have spent a lot of time I – mean, I mean, they're in the building a lot watching films, so they know Michigan pretty well. So it's not like they got to do – you know, as soon as you flip the page to the opponent next week, you're going to be in a race to get prepared. But they've seen plenty of tape of Michigan, so they should be pretty ready, you know, as far as knowing their opponent-wise – uh, to start really focusing on what they've got to do as far as a mental prep deal. So, uh, yeah, get up and go play on Saturday. And Mike Houston, uh, finally here on our Pirate Report, says he's proud of uh, the player Jeremy Lewis, the Greenville native, has become. You know, really proud of him. Uh, he's grown tremendously as a player and grown tremendously as a person since, uh, you know, since he arrived on campus. Uh, and he's certainly a, he's a positive role model uh, off the field. Uh, you know, does a great job in the classroom, does a great job in the community, uh, but he's a, he's a real, you know, emotional leader on the field. And, uh, you know, I said it earlier in the preseason, I was a little worried, you know, coming off the surgery and offseason, missing the spring, but I think he's playing, you know, his best ball right now. So obviously he's a big part of us defensively. Okay, that's today's Pirate Report. A uh, couple of um, news and notes uh, we may discuss with Andrew Bays coming up. Uh, one of them we certainly will, uh, and uh, Holt Naylor's tough break for him. It's being reported by Fox 13 in Seattle that Ehlers was cut from the practice squad on Thursday. Ehlers signed with the team Tuesday, but was shuffled back off the practice squad one day later. 
He was signed as an undrafted free agent in 2023 by the Seahawks and should get an opportunity on a practice squad elsewhere around the league, according to uh, this particular uh, report. So a tough break for uh, Holt Nailers. Uh, the major news uh, coming out of this morning, the ACC has voted to add Stanford, Cal, and SMU out of the American. Uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference voted Friday morning to invite Cal, Stanford, and SMU, dramatically expanding its geographic footprint to the West Coast for a marginal increase in revenue that can be used to mollify disgruntled current members. I like that. That's a good word. The additions of two schools in Northern California and one in Texas will bring the North Carolina-based league's total membership to 18 schools, including Notre Dame, which remains a football independent. Uh, Jim Phillips in a comment to not your granddaddy's WRAL because it's not your granddaddy's ACC anymore for sure. This will help the ACC in multiple ways. Presidents and chancellors at each of the 15 schools had voted and 12 were needed to be able to extend the invites. That was the case. Uh, ESPN is reporting that very interestingly, NC State is the one who flipped. You know, North Carolina came out with uh, some high-ranking members of its board of trustees and said last night, we don't want this. So very, very interesting that uh, NC State, who appeared to kind of be in lockstep with UNC, is again, according to ESPN, the one who voted against uh, this move. This is Now, this is what that tells me, because it was said that by lawmakers in the state, well, I can't see a scenario where North Carolina and North Carolina State are not in the same conference. Yet Tim Moore came out, the Speaker of the House, a couple weeks ago and basically said, hey, it's going to come down to money and thus sort of blessing the split. I think uh, NC State is no longer linked to North Carolina in any way if the Tar Heels were to leave the conference. Just my opinion on what that statement means and what this move today means if indeed North Carolina State, who was one of the four, along with Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina, if they needed 11, or needed 12, excuse me, they had 11, if North Carolina State was the one who flipped. Uh, that's very, very interesting. We'll, we'll break down uh, this more. We'll get reaction from Andrew Bays. Uh, coming up, it is the Get You to the Weekend Football Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. We are rocking and rolling here on uh, 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Bays, who will be in the booth in the big house tomorrow, will join us. We'll talk to him. And we'll play Hold My Beer a little later on. So stay tuned. We have you covered with all the ECU news and beyond that you need for the drive home. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All the Pirate 411 right here. We now go to our uh, guest line where Andrew Bays, ECU's uh, one of the rarities, the first team All-American. He's out on the road making it up. In, he's making towns, baby, up and down the uh, road here. Andrew Bays will be uh, in the booth in the big house tomorrow. He's riding around right now. He'll be in the booth tomorrow in the big house. I mean, is there anything this guy can't do? 
and he's on the Patrick Johnson show. Good to see you, Bays. How are you? Patrick, how you doing, buddy? It's good to hear from doing- you. It's good to be back on the radio, and it's, it's good to be getting ready to kick off for another Pirate season. I know you're excited. Also, congrats. Your daughter is uh, playing sand volleyball in Tampa, right? Yeah, we, we dropped her off last week um, down at University of Tampa. She was on campus for, for four days and ended up getting evacuated uh, with this wow. last hurricane that ripped through. So she's had a quite quite a whirlwind of a week, but she's settled in pretty good, and uh, we're looking forward to the – they'll have a little bit of a fall season uh, for beach volleyball, but their main season is in the spring. So it'll be fun to uh, get down there and see her – compete again and um have a lot of fun there in the sand you can do worse than tampa bays you know that don't you uh she went on her recruiting visit and um she called me she literally facetimed me from a hammock on the campus (laughs) and she said she said daddy i think they're gonna offer me and i'm gonna have a hard time saying no And, and i said uh i said anna you're going to take your time. Uh, you're going to, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to be happy and appreciative if they do offer you, but we're going to come home and we'll talk, we'll talk about it. And figure it out. <laughs> she, she got down there and fell in love. It, it is uh, it is a special place for sure. It's a really nice campus down there. Uh, having worked in Florida and been over to Tampa a couple of times, it's a really a uh, pretty campus. So, and uh, the weather's always, especially in the winter, the weather's great. So, well, the, well, crazy, the crazy thing is, is I, Patrick, I, I ended up, I had, I was in training camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that's right. And yeah. It was either, I think it was 01, but that's, that's where our training camp was, was on the campus of University of Tampa. And it has, uh, it has changed tremendously. A lot of the, a lot of the buildings are brand new. The campus has grown. Um, but it is a special place for me because I, I spent a, a training camp and preseason down there with the Bucks. It was meant to be. It's what it, it was meant That's to be right. for your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew That's Bates right. tomorrow with Jim Zoki and Macy O'Donnell. They will be on the ECU Sports Network. Uh, our coverage begins locally here at nine on ninety four three the game, and then uh, network wide at eleven tomorrow morning. Uh, based before we get into the Pirates and Wolverines, let's talk about the, the big news that broke this morning. Uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference extending invites and going to add Cal, Stanford, and SMU, which obviously impacts East Carolina because it impacts the American in some way. Just give me your reaction to uh, – and uh, not your granddaddy's Atlantic Coast Conference for sure. No, it's not. Things are changing. Landscape's changing. Um, I think it's going to – you know, the next few years, it's really going to shake up. You and I spoke briefly about it, but I, you know, I think college football is moving in a direction where, you know, they want to carve out the elite talent of division one football and maximize TV revenues. And the only way to do that is to ensure that, you know, the top flight teams are playing top flight teams. And, um, you know, these, I think there's going to be an incredible uh, shakeup, especially in these big conferences that have, you know, some, some, some unproductive teams and big conferences, I think, you know, they're going to get skinnied out as well at some point um, to maximize, you know, whatever it might be, the top 60, the top 50, the top 70, whatever it might be, where there's a top flight tier one of college football that's going to benefit the most by the biggest 
pool of money. And then you're going to have the rest of college football, which in essence might be, you know, tier two. And um, it's okay. I'm, I'm okay with it. The way, the way it's heading, I just, you know, this is going to be drug out for a very long time. Unfortunately, Um, it's better that these teams are making the moves so the conferences can kind of reshift and and figure out the way that they're going to do it. But, you know, I, I feel like that tier two, you know, the money's not going to be as great, but we might be get, get back to what college football is supposed to be. And, um, you know, kind of the sport that, that we grew up with. Um, and I, I look forward to that day where this is all settled out. ECU All-American punter and uh, analyst on the ECU Sports Network, Andrew Bays. He'll be uh, on the road games this year. Are you going to App or is that Monroe? Did Monroe snake his way into the uh, App State uh, broadcast? Yeah, for Kevin, that's more of like a a, a home travel game for him. So he, right. okay. he's going to be the, he's going to be able to do that travel same day of the game and uh, be able to get to his son's uh, high school football, football action. Games. Yeah. In a, that's right. So Kevin will right. cover the App State game. Well, you get to go to San Antonio, and uh, you get to go to some interesting places this year, including the Big House tomorrow. You mentioned one of those right. big teams. That's going to be Michigan. Are you excited about uh, the Big House and, and just that spectacle? Uh, there's there's going to be so much to see and so much to observe. You know, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time doing some research in this game, and um you know, it's an interesting one. Michigan's coming back fully loaded, uh, you know, offensively, defensively. They had the the number one offensive line in the country, you know, two years running now. And they've, they just restocked with talent. Um, had another Remington Award finalist transfer from Stanford that's going to be in that interior line of the Michigan Wolverines. You've got a returning quarterback. You've got a Heisman finalist um, uh, runner. Uh, in the backfield, you know, they got some question marks at the receiving core, but you know, it's Michigan, they're going to be elite athletes. Um, they're going to be buzzing all over the field. So I think we know what we have with Michigan, but it, you know, the bigger question marks are with the pirates and what the pirates are going to lay out there on the field, you know, um, rightfully so coach Houston has been close to the chest as far as his depth chart and how that's going to look. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, we, you can look at, you know, I was looking at the numbers last night you can look at the numbers. I mean, we're, we're, you know, 70 plus percent of our offensive production is out the door and not with the program anymore. And, um, right. You know, something like 80 plus percent of our offensive touchdowns are, are out the door, um, accounted for, you know, rushing, receiving, passing all of it. So, you know, there's a lot of question marks on the pirate side and, um, going into this game, it's, you know, I I've played in some, some pretty big games. I, I was fortunate to play University of Miami twice where we mm-hmm. were significant underdogs. Um, and I think keys keys to this one on the pirate side of things, you know, hey, you, you got to have some dogs uh, that understand the challenge that's ahead of them and the opportunity that's ahead of them. And you've got to have a locker room of dogs that appreciate that and want to relish in this opportunity to go to the big house and play Michigan and be in the spotlight. And part of that is having a big old chip on your shoulder. And, um, you know, you're at East Carolina, you're not at Michigan. Um, you know, and you, you feel like you should be at Michigan. You should be at Ohio state. You should be at some, maybe some of these other top tier programs. And you want to prove to the nation, this is your, this is your time to those other colleges that, that, didn't give you a shot that 
you know, this is this is who you are. And that's what rises in games like this is you have a, a, a collective group that has that chip on their shoulder, wants to prove something, and it starts right there. Obviously, there's a lot of aspects of the game that will unfold. You've got to be a little lucky um, going into the big house. You got to have a little luck um, in in your in your back pocket, of course. But you also can't turn the ball over. The Pirates were great last year in turnover margin. They were top five in the country with a plus thirteen turnover margin. Holt Nailers was incredible. He only had five picks. Um, they put didn't put the ball on the ground. Uh, they led. I think they were maybe third in the country and and fumbles lost um so they 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 excelled at protecting the football and and obviously they gained 13 on the defensive side of the ball so you know the defense is going to do their job the question is is whether the pirates can protect the football whether mason garcia can you know stay in the pocket it's okay to overthrow a receiver now and again if it's out of bounds but you know in this type of environment you cannot, especially early in the game, when you're taking those early haymakers that they're going to throw your way in those first five minutes, um, you know, you can't make costly errors because it's just going to compound that crowd that's going to be loud in the first few minutes of that game anyway. You just have to weather the storm, hang in there, you know, weather the storm, take some punts, hope that, you know, the punt team this year can outperform what they did last year, be able to turn this field. Give, give Michigan a long field to come back, and maybe the defense is able to strike with a turnover. And then you got a whole different ball game. If you can hang in there, <coughs> weather the storm <clears throat> for that first barrage, and then be in the game late in the fourth quarter, <clears throat> now you got a chance. Now you got a yeah. now you got an interim coach on the sideline. Jim Harbaugh's not there. You got an interim coach on the sideline. If you're in that game, now it's now it's something. Now you got something cooking. We got Andrew Bays with us here on the Patrick Johnson uh, Show. Andrew Bays will be in the booth for East Carolina and Michigan from the Big House uh, coming up on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT. You talked about the Michigan offensive line. If there's one area where I think the Pirates have, uh, well, they do have experience, but one area where I think they bring abilities that might could be trouble for a really good offensive line is the defensive front. You got a lot of speed and quickness there. You got Jeremy Lewis, uh, you got JD Lampley, you got Elijah Morris, uh, Powers, uh, Dr. Shuford, where among those that we may see tomorrow, Blake Harrell and Mike Houston can rotate a lot of in and uh, guys in and out. This offensive line is deep. I mean, seven guys could get drafted uh, that, that play offensive line for Michigan. So that is an interesting matchup to me. It's always the big matchup, the trenches, as we know. But I think tomorrow, if ECU can be disruptive up front, that could be a real uh, key tomorrow. No, that's going to be the backbone of the Pirates' success tomorrow is the success of that defensive line against that offensive line. Now, now look, last year, this defensive line, you know, the Pirates were returning most of the defensive line. And they faced a tough NC State, you know, at the time. NC State was 13th in the country, and they have they had a very stout offensive line. Um, the Pirates played BYU and played another NFL-loaded offensive line, and they did great. They, they held their own. Um, 
you know, as, as thin as that defensive line was, you know, I feel like the Pirates excelled, you know, and were up to the task with, with I would say, a couple elite offensive lines. And um, so they have the experience. They know what it's going to be like. You know, when I was talking to Coach Shank uh, this week in preparation, and, and he reminded me, he, he said that, the, you know, the big difference of these elite schools, you know, these guys, these guys are just different. And the way they're different is they're, you know, this between their offensive, Michigan's offensive line and Michigan's defensive line is the explosiveness. So the mm-hmm. explosiveness off the blocks or at the point of engagement. So, you know, in a, in a game that you're not used to um, facing that kind of talent, what, what hits you is their, their force at contact. That's that initial stab is coming at you so much harder. And with so much force, you know, those, those swing blocks are coming out so much quicker and so much harder at, at point of engagement. I feel like the pirate, defensive line has felt some of that in playing against right. BYU and NC State. So, yes, Michigan's elite. They're the best in the country. It's going to be different. But the Pirates do have a base for that, and I feel like that will help them as they navigate the game. Uh, last thing before we play Hold My Beer, uh, and that is uh, the running back depth. Obviously, a you know it's going to take – Rajay Harris, probably a play or two to regain that that full confidence because it's mental at this point off the knee injury. Uh, but that running back stable is going to have to be really, really productive against Michigan. Yeah, there's no question. They're going to have to protect the football. That's number one. Michigan, especially early on, they're going to look, look to force turnovers. That That's their MO. That's what they did all last season is they capitalized on mistakes. Um balls on the on the ground they're going to convert them to touchdowns especially if in a a backed up field so you know the number one goal early on is to protect the football not make any mistakes um you know and i I think rajay has the experience marlon gunn has the experience he had plenty of carries last year um to be counted on in that big backfield uh we've got a freshman that you know has got a spark and has got some juice and i don't know at what point um he'll get interjected in that game but you know we always have to watch out for that as a threat but i think ball security is going to be the biggest issue tomorrow all right let's grab a break when we come back andrew bays plays hold my beer and we'll also get a sports update and a pirate report from philip the ref pilkington who also play hold my beer on the patrick johnson show that gets you to the weekend football friday edition Do you have something you need to get off your chest? Get off your chest. I am not here for rage. I'm here for revenge. Did your favorite team blow another game? They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Or is there just something that's driving you crazy? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to let it all out. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. With another edition of Hold My Beer. Hold my beer. I think, Bill, we got to get this on Thursdays because this is such a great segment. I'm not saying that this show isn't important, but the audience maybe not quite what it normally would be on a Friday of this hour. Oh, well. Uh, Andrew Bay's with us. He's going to play Hold My Beer. Andrew, this, this is like a, a Grind My Gears segment. 
So you you you'll say hold my beer and then you'll you'll lay out whatever it is that's troubling you. It could be sports, it doesn't have to be sports. Just don't get us sued. And then we'll comment right. on it and then when we do our hold my beers you can comment. So what do you got Andrew Bass? <clears throat> well, can I can I do two? I have one on not yeah. sports related and one sports related. Yeah. All but right. you just got to so, say hold my beer before both of them. All right, I'll do the um, – how about I do a non-sports one first? So okay. hold, hold my beer, all right? Hold my beer. What's up What's up with people who – that while they're talking to you, they're snapping on their gum, you know, and they feel like they can snap, snap on their gum while, while they talk to you? In the, same, in the same breath, how about the people – you know, I, I work in hospital facilities, so sometimes I'm in – uh, general areas with staff, employees, or general public in cafeteria. What's up with people that open open mouth chew their food, and then mm. also have a side conversation while they're s- snapping their lips while they're eating through their food? And usually, okay. it's something moist that just sounds completely disgusting. And to me. The, the they're, they're on the same page to me. So a person who you're having a conversation with that's just snapping through their gum the whole time is ridiculous. And then the the person who's in a general, you know, not at home, not in their private setting, but in an open setting and they're uh-huh. open mouth snapping their food while they're having a side conversation. So, so I think the first one's probably oh. a nervous tick. I think the first one might be just you know, a bad habit, improper upbringing, nervous tick type of thing. And then the other one's just Maybe. disgusting. The other one's just disgusting. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it, it, we, we have no more decorum in society now. It's, it, is a, it is a painful thing to witness, and especially if, <laughs> you know, the thing that you almost have to disappear from and walk away from, but it's, a, it's, it's in them. It's not going to go away. You know, right. you're not going to correct them, anything like that. It's just what they do. And then my people are idiots. And then my 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 sports one, as far as hold my beer. Um, okay. I would have to say being a Washington Wizards fan, um, growing up in the D.C. area. Uh, my my, I think as I've gotten older, I'm realizing that they are that the NBA is fixed, and that they are truly <laughs> the Washington Generals of the NBA, and. They are put into the NBA just to kind of be fodder for the rest of the teams. They're, they're never better than eighth in the Eastern Conference. Never better than eighth. And the one time we, we get the number one pick, we get they give us Kwame Brown, which that, that was a treat. Um, that was awesome. Uh, of course, Michael Jordan, I, I don't know what kind of deal he struck to be an owner and a player. That was pretty cool for a little while. Um, they did. We did have a nice run of Chris Weber and uh, Jawan Howard when I was yeah, a kid, yeah. along with Rasheed Wallace. I used to see Rasheed Wallace all the time at 7-Eleven getting nachos, um, so that was always cool. But it, as far as being, you know, you'll appreciate that. When I was a kid, I grew up close to the, the old Cap Center. My mom, I would be like 11, 12, 12 years old. My mom would drop me off at Will Call um, so I could pick up my ticket. My brother... Uh, sold tickets for the Caps and for the Bullets. And uh, I would just roll into the game by myself and then ride home with my brother. But um, 
I, you know, being a Wizards fan, I, I could I could go on and on about Dan Snyder and being a Redskins fan and this, that, and the other. But the thing that's confounded me over the probably the last two or three years is just the Wizards organization. And I'm convinced that it's fixed and they're the Washington Generals. Pilk, do you have any comment on uh, Bays being an NBA truther? Hey, man, I respect it because if any league is fixed, it is that one because everybody's got the same salary cap, but the same teams are good every year. So no. I don't understand it. Well, look at that. Could be, look at the Spurs. It could be mismanagement, Bays. No, no, the Spurs get David Robinson, and then all of a sudden they get Tim Duncan, and then all of a sudden they get Kawhi Leonard, and then all of a sudden they get Wemby. Uh, it's not coincidence. Okay. Uh, my hold my beer is hold my beer. Uh, this conference expansion that broke this morning. Is it the all coast conference now? Is it going to be the Atlantic and Pacific coast conference? What is it going to be now? And for as far as the American goes, does this mean the American gets Oregon state and Washington state now? I mean, do they kind of have to with SMU leaving? I mean, look, SMU's no bellwether, but does this open the door for Temple, Memphis, maybe Wichita State? Anybody care to comment? Well, what does it do for the rest of, the, of collegiate sports for those conferences? I, th I think all these conferences are probably, I mean, you might know better than me, but are, are all these conferences moving to football-only conferences? Because it, as from a student I should have done that from the beginning. It doesn't make any sense for a student athlete that's on the soccer team or on the bat. I mean, heck, basketball. Think about a basketball schedule. Um, those these kids yeah. are never going to be in the classroom. It's easy for a football program. You you fly in, and immediately after a game, you fly back, and you don't rarely you miss any class. But you know, some of these other sports, um, it doesn't make any sense for a student from a student athletic standpoint. Um, but I I don't know whether these conferences are going to make sub-conferences or you know there's going to be um, conference affiliations for non-football related sports um, that's where I'm kind of confused you know this NIL the portal it's it's just it's it's so 180 from where it was just a handful of years ago all right Pilk hold my beer what you got all right got to go quick on this one I know but hold my beer what is up with these games being moved to Friday night for high school football? Us guys who produce high school football get one Friday night off over the summer. It's supposed to be the week of Labor Day, and they moved the games because they canceled <laughs> school in Pitt County for 20-mile-an-hour winds and a little drizzle. I mean, it never stormed. On top of that, why can't they play if school's canceled? We can practice when there's no school all summer long. Practice, no school. Veterans Day, no school. Practice. Thanksgiving morning, no school. Practice. Okay, you can play when there's not school. That was dumb. Rose should have played last night. I wanted my Friday night off, and I'm mad. People don't want to get sued. School systems don't want to get sued. 15-mile-an-hour winds and raining? That's going to be know, every day in January. We're a litigious society. What can I say? Uh, the great <laughs> Andrew Bays. Have a good call tomorrow, Bays. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Go Pirates. All right, Andrew Bays will be uh, on the air tomorrow on the ECU Sports Network with Jim Zoki and with uh, Macy O'Donnell. All right, uh, real quick, a 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report with Philip the Ref Pilkington. 
Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilsen here with your 94.3 Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. The ACC had a meeting this morning regarding conference expansion. They have voted to extend the conference, including Stanford, Cal, and SMU. The three schools have to formally apply for membership and could join as soon as 2024. Fox 13 in Seattle has reported that former Pirate quarterback Holt Naylor's has been released from the practice squad just one day after being signed to it. ECU Soccer got their third consecutive shutout victory last night with a 2 nothing win over UNCW. Goals were scored by Sidney Chanel and L. Steck. The Pirates will be back in action Sunday when they take on High Point. In High Point, volleyball started off the Pirate Invitational with a 3-0 win over Campbell last night. And we'll be back in action at 7 tonight against Bethune-Cookman inside Minji's Coliseum. We'll be right back at the end of the Patrick Johnson Show after this quick timeout. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Pilk, did you see that crowd last night uh, at Nebraska for the volleyball game? Uh, I think it was Back Wednesday night. Stadium. It was Wednesday night. Yeah, oh, they had 92,000. Uh, record for a women's sporting event. It was amazing. It's unreal. And then I did a volleyball game last night in Durham. There might have been 92 people there. All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Pirate Game Day Countdown on 94.3, the game of the IBX Media app. Thanks to Andrew Bays. Thanks to Philip the Rep Milkington. We will be working on Labor Day Monday. Ah. Rope Football is next. Have a great weekend, everybody.